welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good evening, everyone. It's Deb Crow. It's February 28, 2018, and you are in for a real treat tonight. I want to thank my February sponsor, Mike Greenlee. Mike is a speech writer, a speech coach, and a lyricist. And tonight, I wanted to treat you to an amazing, just a powerhouse vocalist from New York City, Kimberly Davis. Kimberly is has been singing for almost 10 years and I know she's going to tell us a lot more about her story but she has had a number one hit last summer called My Fire that went to number one on the Billboard dance charts and Mike was a co-writer of that using his lyricist skills and right now she's got another wonderful song You're Good For Me, which I'm so excited to talk to her about. And it's currently number 11 on the Billboard chart. So, Kimberly, welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. Hello. How are you? I am doing wonderful, and I I really want to thank you. We are so grateful that you took the time out of your schedule because I know that you are a busy lady because Mike informed me. So this episode (laughs) is going to be a big, big surprise for Mike. So thank you so much. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad to do it. Thanks for asking me. Now, I know you're born and raised in New York, and I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about your family, because I know you come from a musical family. So tell us a little bit about where things started and, and kind of where it took you after high school. Yeah, well, actually, I've been singing since I could talk. So the minute I started talking, I was singing. And um, that is just the, that's just how, I mean, I was singing commercials, I was singing everything, anything on the radio, anything, anything that anybody ever, anything musical, I was, I was just down with it. I mean, you know, when you have the music in you, um, I can't even believe that to this day, there are songs that I know that I really should know because they were either out when I was a tiny, tiny baby or before I was born. But, you know, thank God for my family being musically inclined. They passed all of that music down to me. So I've been, I have stuff from the, from the 50s and the 60s that I love to listen to because they just, it means a lot. The music is different right now. So um, just to have that knowledge of songs in the day, that's what we'll call it, back in the day, it's just, it's refreshing for me. And then I, well, I'm passing it on. I pass it on to kids that I know. And, you know, I have to let them know where the history of music came from because it's just not the same. It's so totally different. But um, I remember my mom took me to see um, Fame, the movie Fame. And I totally said to her when we finished watching the movie, I'm going there. I'm going to go to that school. That's just it. I'm going there. I want to dance on the tables. I want to do everything that they've done. And guess what? I went. And it's totally what we did. We sang in the lunchroom. Everyone, I'm st- 
still bonded with those friends that I made in high school and everything. So that's just what that's just what it is. Well, my mother and, was a singer and my father was a musician, you know, and my aunt could hold my aunt could sing, you know, grandma could sing. Everybody had had it in them. So it was like inevitable. I had to I was going to be singing. I was just going to be singing. There's no way that I wasn't going to be singing. Well, your voice is beautiful, and I said to you before we went live, I I do not want to in any way compare, but if I close my eyes and listen to you, I hear Mm -hmm. Whitney Houston in there, and I hear a little bit of Mary J. Blige, and I wanted to... I wanted to let you know I called our episode from backup singer to the front of the stage because that's where you are. Now, share for us. I know you have done some backup singing for some musicians. Would you share with us who you've done that for? Oh, um, yeah. I've done Alicia Keys, Deborah Cox, Rob Thomas, um, Monica, Whitney, um, Faith Evans, you know, oh God, just tons of people. Um, and, and it's just fun now to be able to do it on my own. And the good thing about Chic with Nile Rogers, it's a different vibe. You know, it's not background and it's it's more lead, but it's lead vocally. You know, Nile is the man, it's all about his music and everything, but I get relate the way I feel about these songs on stage every time we do a show. And it's not like background because without the singers, there's not a, there's no song there, you know, but Nile plays the guitar. That's what he does. So it's the singers in this band are totally important and they're up front. So it's kind of like a different vibe. And I just love it. I love to be able to, you know, just get it in on the stage with, with all that music, that good music. I mean, Nile wrote song, he wrote hits, after hit, after hit, after hit. So, you know, the show was full of those kind of songs. Like, it's no slow music, no one's sitting down. You know, once they realize for the, from the first song that it's, it's about to be a party, everybody's excited, everybody's with it. And I love it. I get, the, I get a chance to express myself with his music, and I've been doing that for the past 10 years. Well, I know you said your anniversary is coming up in May of yes. 2018. So congratulations yes. on that. That's, Thank you. I'm I'm sure it doesn't seem like 10 years because I can I can hear the happiness and the passion in your voice and yes. I love your I love your videos and Thank and I was you. joking I was joking with you and saying you know I don't think that there is a hair color or style that you cannot don and look beautiful. <laughs> And it's just it's it. just such a pleasure to watch you because you're you're living your passion and you're having so much yes. fun. Yes. And that Indeed. that to me is maybe that was I, I think musically it's in your DNA from from what you said from your family your parents Absolutely. going Absolutely. going to you know a famous high school that fame mm-hmm. derived from just exciting but you told your mom you were going to go there so I just I love I that feeling of intense yeah I claimed it and that's what it was and I and I remember so well that my teacher in um, junior high school said to me who, who actually went to you know music and art performing arts she said to me you're definitely a candidate and and her and I worked on what needed what what the test would consist of and 
she told me what song I should sing because, you know, at the time, Whitney Houston was a big deal, and everybody was singing, like, The Greatest Love of All as an audition song. And she told me specifically, don't do it. She said, sing something completely different. It will be refreshing. And I was looking at her like, oh, okay, even though, of course, I wanted to sing The Greatest Love of All. And she told me, don't do it. And I swear, I went to the school and I auditioned with Send in the Clowns. And the teachers were so taken. You know, the teachers that were auditioning us, they were so taken because, number one, they were relieved that I didn't sing The Greatest of All. And then they were like, wow, where did, like, where did you get this song from? Where did you pull this song out? Uh, and it, it kind of showed, it showed my range. It showed my tone. And they were so excited that they wanted me to sing another one, and I didn't have anything prepared. And so they said, do you know the Star Spangled Banner? And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I sang the Star Spangled Banner, which I just sang at Madison Square Garden with Nile Rodgers for a Knicks game. And that was awesome. It got a good write-up. That was so much fun. But I remember singing that song, and it was, it was like I don't even know how I hit the notes without practicing. It was like on the fly, you know, and they were impressed with that as well because, you know, as a singer, you have to be able to do stuff on the fly. You know, someone says, you don't know who's around. You don't know who could be in the audience. You don't know, you know, who could be that person to say, I got something for you. And so that was my lesson learned, you know, on the fly. And I, I actually got like a 98 on that audition. So I knew before I left the audition that I was, I had made it into the school. So I was excited and I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't officially tell anybody because, you know, our results didn't come through yet, but that was, it was, it was, I claimed it. I claimed it every way that I could. And it was the best thing that happened to me because the teachers there taught me everything I know now. And the friends, like I said, the friends that I have made then, I still have to this day. And a lot of us are doing things out in the music industry. So it's awesome. It was a great experience. Well, and and what a great message because to me, I I get the impression of you that you love to teach, you love to mentor. And like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. music has really changed. It has. And I'm... I, my passion is helping people get work-life balance. So my question to you is, how do you balance your music with your other obligations? Because you're a wife and a mom. How do you juggle all that? Yes. Um, I, it, you have to have the understanding. It's the people that you surround yourself by. You have to have understanding and support all the time from everyone. So if I had, you know, when my son was younger, if I had to go away, I had, you know, family that would take care, you know, of him if I wasn't around. Um, You know, my husband, now my son is older now, so, you know, he's really good, but he's also excited and happy for me, and he sees what I'm doing, and he spreads the word. Um, My husband is completely supportive. Like, your good for me was actually written about him in a conversation that I had with Mike. So, you know, and then it, and then it turns into like, you know, all the people that I'm, that I put around me and in my life have to support you. They have to be good for you. They have to support you. You can't have any, you know, negative Nellies. You can't have any haters, you know, that that's what we call them haters. You can't have any of that because it just, it just defeats the purpose and it, it hinders you. 
So you have to have, I have to, everyone, like I worked before I got with, with, uh, now Rogers, which is like a full-time thing for me, I was always singing. I was in a girls' group when I was in high school, like I was like a sophomore, and I actually had a girls' group named Petite, and we did a video and everything. And, you know, it was it's that kind of thing. I, the, the, you know, you always have to have people around you that believe in what you do and help you fly in what you do. Like I'm very supportive to others. So, and I get that back because that's what I put out. And everybody understands. Everybody knows what I do. Everybody knows. When I have to, when I'm in the the house learning a song or learning lyrics to a song or something and I'm playing the song over and over and over and over and over and over over again, my husband gets it. My, My kids get it. They know what I'm doing and stuff like that. You know, but when I worked for DEP, they also knew that, as I would come into work, you know, as a supervisor and turn the radio on and just sing all day long, they would just look at me and go, you don't belong here. You need to be somewhere else. You're like a flower in the middle of a desert. And you just need to, you know, and they were, they were even supportive. And I was leaving them and they were even supportive because they knew you have to have that in your life. Well, and what I love about that story is, you went for that audition in May of 2008 and you, you had such determination and you wanted it and that was the right time. And without thinking, you just returned to that office and packed up your stuff and you knew that was your time, but you had been working at this for a long time. 17 years, 17 years I was at that job and it was a definite leap of faith. I've never ever done anything like that in my life ever 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 so it was a little scary and you know my husband was sitting there he was like are you absolutely sure and I was like I am so sure that I can make this work I'm so sure that I can make this work and I did and it was awesome this is the best it's like a it's like a a way it's so much fun and everybody's here with me doing it everybody's enjoying they're reaping the benefits but that's what it's all about it's about pulling people in and, you know, not, not so much having a, an entourage, but just your friends, your besties, your family, you know, just getting everybody involved and having everybody. I mean, I love going on tour because when I go on tour, I get to see family members in other states or, or you know, other countries that I haven't seen. It's awesome. Well, and it just reiterates to me what you said a minute ago that, you surround yourself with people who are positive and upbeat. And I, I decided to change the word haters to frenemies. I think it's soft. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, I just, you have nothing but love for those people because they didn't see right. you digging in the trenches and singing and pouring your heart out and aligning for 17 years until it was yes. time for you to step into your greatness. So you definitely have a wonderful, powerful tribe that you're hanging around with. So yes. I'm assuming you have either an iPhone or an iPhone and an iPod. Is that, is that fair right. to say? So yeah, if, I, if I grabbed your iPad right now, what five artists or songs would I see that you recently played? Oh, my goodness. It would be Demi Lovato, Sorry Not Sorry. It would be Rihanna, any song, pick a song. It would be um, Drake. It would be C. 
Stevie Wonder. It would be Lauren Hill. Oh my gosh, it would be all. It would be all of that. Mhm. Well, That's and we're and, and I'm happy. There's a Canadian in your top five there. It's a Canadian love- in there. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes, it is. And I love it. I've been I've been to Canada so many times that I'm like I think that if I ever decided to leave the states that's where i'm going <laughs> well i i will be Love here to be your tour guide and and show you around you've got another friend I in canada it. so know that now I, if you so could I op- love it. if you could open up for any artist on any tour right now who would it be and why oh that's a good question um i would absolutely first of all i'm totally totally in love with Demi at this at this time in my life um to know and then to hear her backstory you know to know that she you know had bi- she was bipolar and she survived it like the surviving part of it and then still giving you know she's doing a concert right now where you know it's for the for the shootings in the school so she had a, a bunch of survivors come on stage that um, made it through. And I just, I love the fact that as a celebrity, as a, as a star, you give back to give back. I mean, I think that's what celebrity is all about is to have that status and to use it as a platform to give back. So I'm really appreciating her, you know, Ariana Grande did the same thing. You know, I'm just loving the fact that they give back because that's what it's all about. Well, and I agree with with Okay, yeah. well then let's let's put that out there then. Let's put it out there. Yes, let's do that. We'll have to we'll have to get uh, Tony and Niall to get in touch with Demi's people and and put that request in. You never know till you ask, That's right? Right. You never know. The only thing they can say is no, Dem. <laughs> Absolutely. And no doesn't yes. mean no. It just means maybe no right now. But it's, you never know. Right. I, I I hope That's that right. comes to fruition. And I will not I, be surprised it. if it does. So yes. for, for, for our listeners who may not have heard your music, how would you mm-hmm. explain your sound in a few words? My sound is... It's vocally is very, very well, I have gospel roots. So the gospel the gospel is definitely in there. The soul is definitely there. Um and it's just, you know, getting your message across. I'm I when I sing a song, I sing um with convict with conviction, which is probably why you said earlier you get a, a for me you get the cross of Whitney and Mary J. Whitney is very soulful, very gospel, very you know, church filled. And Mary J is very convicted. She sings like she means every single word. And that's probably why you felt that way. So because that's what I'm I give. When I'm singing something, it means something to me. And, you know, when I and the good thing about going to music and on in LaGuardia is that's what we were taught. We were taught to take a song and make it your own. You never take a song and sing it like the artist sang it. You have to interpret it own way. And that's what we were taught. So, you know, whenever I sing a song, whether whatever song it may be, I'm always going to turn it into Kim Davis's version of that song. Well, and I, I think as an artist, I think you can't be any more authentic or transparent by putting 
your own interpretation. And I think your inspiration and passion and what, what you're feeling in your heart is what comes out in your right. music. Yes. And, yes. and that's what listeners feel. And that's why it moves them. So if we were in a bar together and I had yes. to convince you, but I probably wouldn't have to convince you to get up for karaoke, well, what song would you sing and why? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, that's a good question. I would more than likely sing a Whitney song because it's relatable. You know, um, everyone, man, woman, and child is a fan of Whitney Houston. It doesn't matter what song you sing. And it's so funny because my go-to song would always be um, um, either Saving or My Love or You Give Good Love. And every time I would go um, on a cruise or go – to a karaoke bar or whatever, it would always be you give good love or saving all my love. And I, I actually um, did a radio contest and I sang you give good love and I won like $5,000 because it was, it was so many, it was like 20 people and I wasn't even expecting to win. I just went up there and, and sang the song the way I sang it. And they were like, what, wait, what? And so they just passed me the check and I was ecstatic. But again, that's my go-to song because everyone can relate to Whitney. Love her. I know she, I think she holds a special place in everyone's heart and there's not, there's so many ballots that just really uh, hit you in the heart and, and, and you feel tearful, you get emotional. And I don't think a lot of artists can do that. So to sing Whitney, congratulations on the radio contest. That didn't surprise me. (laughs) Now, as you're, as you're moving along through your career, do you ever get Mm -hmm. nervous when you're trying out a new song or learning some new lyrics? Is there ever any, any of that element of nervousness? And if so, how do you overcome that? Because I, I see you so much as a mentor and a teacher, and you're you're just like all of us. So, yeah. Do you get ner- Do you I, get nervous? I literally get nervous before every single show, every single gig, every single one. No matter what it is I'm doing, if I'm singing at open mic, you know, when I'm home, I'm I'm a co-host with a really good friend of mine, Ron Grant as um, it's an open mic that we do every Sunday. And every time I go, I'm nervous. Every single time. It doesn't matter. And, you know, people look at me like, are you nervous? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm nervous. I, when I get on the stage with Chic, as comfortable as we are with these songs, we know that show, like the back of our hand, we can literally do it, all of us, we can all literally do it in our sleep. But Every time I get on stage, I have that little butterfly. It can be one butterfly. It could be ten butterflies. Um, but I still have that one butterfly. And I feel like that's the butterfly that's going to keep me humble, and that's the one that's going to keep me grounded. Because if not, then it's like, I got this. And then that will be the moment, like, I trip on stage, you know. So I never get that. I never get that to that point where I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. I got this. Never. I'm nervous for every show. And you need to have those nerves because that's going to make you focus and do what you have to do. 
Well, I love your answer, and I, I had a feeling that's what you were going to say. I had an Irish <laughs> nana, and she used to oh. say to me, it doesn't matter if you're singing or you're speaking. If you don't have butterflies in your tummy and a little sweat in your palms, then your ego's, <laughs> your, e- your ego's taken over. You need to keep honest so people can relate yes. to you. So oh isn't gosh. that... So, that is so my motto. Be always, my last words are be fierce, but always be humble. Be fierce. You can be fierce. You can be that diva, but you have to be humble. Have to be. Because it can end at any moment. Like, you know, really. Well, absolutely. And you can be a diva because a diva can really hone leadership skills, mentorship, and be a teacher. And there's no ego present because being humble is always serving others. And to me, that's what I think all of our purposes on, on this earth is. Yes, absolutely. Now who you named some of your favorite musicians, but I know at the beginning of the interview, we talked about other genres of music and earlier music from back in the day. Who were some of those musicians that you think influenced you as a woman and as an artist? Oh, absolutely. Aretha, um, Patti LaBelle. I toured with Patti Austin. She was awesome because she's like a jazzy singer. So she taught us a lot of stuff. You know, she would she would just, you know, get into her zone. I mean, she had a whole bunch of hits, yes, but she would get into her jazz zone, and I learned a lot from her. Um, you know, I, I just, I appreciate the, the real singers, the ones that don't use the auto-tones. Nothing's wrong with auto-tones. Nothing's wrong with auto-tune, rather. No, I say tones. Nothing's wrong with auto-tones. But I appreciate the, the ones that are, that have, were in the studio getting, getting their struggle on and doing the song over and over again until it was right. You know, I love Mariah. I love her voice. I remember the first time I heard her, I was sleeping and she woke me up out of my sleep. And I was like, who is this person? And she was like on Arsenio Hall or something like that. And I was like, wow. So, you know, that's, that's like real, real singing to me. Those are the ones I look up to. Yes. Well, certainly uh, an incredible list of women that you've sang with and and who's, I think, influenced you. So what's next for Kimberly Davis? Um, More music, um, some collaborations. I love collaborating. It's a lot of fun. That's why I love working with Tony. You know, we have, like, he's like my musical brother, um, Tony Moran, in the studio. We We get in there. And we just start making stuff up, and it's just awesome. And I think I work better that way. So definitely some more collaborations and some more music. We, we've got Mike on deck. Mike is always going to be there to help me put it together. You know, if I can't figure out how to say it, Mike is going to always be there to help me figure it out. Love you, Mike. Well, you couldn't you couldn't get a better person than Mike, and um, I wanted to share with you that the Change Book radio show stems from the Change Book series, which is a personal development series, and Mike has been in two of the volumes as well as myself, and that's how Mike yeah. and I met, and it's just, it almost feels full circle now that 
I've met Mike through there. We've, we've collaborated back and forth. We are also working on a project together that we're hoping to launch at the end of summertime this year with another co-author. And mm-hmm. now here I am speaking to you and he is a lyricist and has helped, you know, with some of the songs that you have sang so beautifully and have done so well on the billboard chart. So it's just, it's just such an interesting uh, way that life propels along and we, and we come full circle. So I know he's yes. going to be so, so excited to know that you are on the show. Cause I had to tell him today, I couldn't keep it as a surprise. Cause I, <laughs> I wanted to uh, let social media know that I had the pleasure of, of interviewing you tonight. And I just want to go back for one minute to talk about Tony and Niall because In your videos and when I see you doing different things with them, you are just so in the zone and having so much fun and it doesn't seem like work and your passion just radiates. And I remember years ago watching an interview with Aerosmith and Bon Jovi and some of the bands that I grew up with in high school and they said sometimes we would just put the recording the, the recording uh, instruments on, if you will, or the equipment. And that's yes. when they created their best music. And is that happening yes. for the three of you? Absolutely. It's, some, it's, it's times when I never know what's going to come out. I tell the engineer to press record as soon as I walk into the booth because you never know. And I might, I'm so you know, spontaneous, and there's things that happen differently all the time. I sing things differently all the time. I need for them to catch that one that I might not even remember what I did, but we but we got it on tape. Absolutely, and that's what Tony, and the Tony knows that. I mean, Tony's like, I already, I already pressed record, Kim, so that's just what it is, and I record with Niall all the time. We have, um, he has a new Chic album coming out and everything, so we've done recordings, and he knows me in the studio, and he does the same thing. He just presses record, and I'll loop that thing over and over and over again until he's got as many takes as possible, and then he can pick and choose the best one. That's just how we work. Well, I think some of the best things in our life comes from being present, being in the moment, and just going with the flow. And, and I say that respectfully and wholeheartedly because you can hear a beat, you can hear some lyrics. And like you said, you need to be an authentic artist and feel it and mm-hmm. be able to put Kimberly Davis's flavor on it. So what a treat. That must be so inspiring for you. It is. It is. It's a, I'm having a blast. I can tell you have a blast. You deserve (laughs) it. It's your time. So what do you you want your legacy to be? I do. I want to be remembered as she sang. That's my hashtag. And, you know, she sang, she she sang humbly, you know, if that's a word. And I just want people to remember that, you know, I gave, I gave as much as I got. You know, I'm I'm not I just I don't wanna be known as a taker. I wanna be known as something somebody that gave. I I I have open mics all the time and I always give the advice to the younger people and then they come back to me, they come back around, they'll circle back and they'll say, You know, the reason why I even sing is because you encouraged me. I was nervous and you you, you encouraged me to get on stage and sing. I just told the girl last night, I said, For every time you come 
I want to hear you sing a different song. This is going to help you broaden your, you know, your category of music that you sing. And it'll just, you'll have, you'll just be better. You'll just be better at it. If you can sing different genres, get into that. Just explore your own options. That's what I want to be remembered as a, as a, as a mentor, as a, a singing mentor. Well, and what an incredible title to have. Not that we need titles, yeah. but I think you're exuding mm-hmm. that by the woman you've been, the woman you've stepped into, your music, how you approach life, and just how you talk about your parents and your family and all that, how that has kind of threaded into who you've become and, and the music you sing. And I just, I'm just so happy for you. I'm sitting here smiling Thank because you I just... so much. I just, I wish you nothing but the best. Now, you have to sing something before we go. We have a couple of minutes. You have to let the listeners hear that beautiful voice. So I'm putting you on the spot because that's always fun. And and I've got you recorded now saying you love it. So the recording equipment is on and we have a couple (laughs) of minutes. So, So bless us with your beautiful voice. Okay. um, I sang this song to my husband last night. A few stolen moments is all that we share. You've got your family and they need you there. Though I try to resist being last on your list, but no other Okay, hashtag, hashtag, she sang, hashtag, I am covered in goosebumps. (laughs) Yay! So before we go, we have to tell Mike what a wonderful guy he is. And the next time I'm in New York City, he's taking us for dinner. Yes, he is. We love Mike to pieces. There's nothing better than Mike Greenlee. And he insists on being honest and insisting on people being honest with him. And that's the best kind of relationship. Me and Mike are perfect. (laughs) I love him. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you from the bottom of my grateful heart. I know you're a busy lady and I appreciate you coming on the show and doing this for Mike. And I am just happy to sit back and watch you rise, my friend. Thank you, honey bunny. <laughs> now, and when you and when you get called for Demi Lovato, I at least want a text message, okay? And a front seat. <laughs> for, absolutely. I wish you all the best and just keep Thank being the God. amazing woman you are and your voice is angelic and I just I'll I'll just I, I'm just gonna sit back and watch you rise. Thank you, honey. I'm so glad you supported. You are the best. See you, soon. you take care. God bless, Kim. Bye, honey. <laughs> Such a treat to have Kimberly Davis on the show tonight, and and so full circle. Uh, Mike Greenley is our February 2018 sponsor as we close out the month. 
Mike is a speech writer, a speech coach, and a lyricist. And to have Kimberly Davis on the show tonight, and you've heard it from her, anything she is going to do going forward, Mike will be doing the writing for her songs because the collaboration is just perfect for her. And Mike was uh, one of the co-writers last summer for their hit, My My Fire, that went number one on the dance board charts, which is awesome. And their latest hit, You're Good For Me, which is inspirational. And it was written with Kimberly's husband as the goal. And she loves the lyrics and created those with Mike. So just such a beautiful partnership. And it's already at number 11. So I just really want to thank Mike. His website is mikegreenlee.com. Again, if you're looking to have a speech written or you're thinking about doing a TED Talk or preparing a TED Talk, Mike is your go-to guy. This is all he does all day long is write. So I wanted to finish out the, the February sponsorship, and I have a little something that I wanted to, uh, to dedicate to Mike. And it's called How to Live Happily. Take two heaping cups of patience, one heart full of love, and two handfuls of generosity. Add a dash of laughter and a full cup of understanding and two cups of loyalty. Mix well and sprinkle generously with kindness. Spread this irresistible delicacy over a lifetime and serve everybody you meet. So, Mike, thank you again for your sponsorship. Kimberly Davis, such an honor to have you on the show tonight. And I look forward to being back with all of you next week. It's March already. And I want to thank you again for sharing your time with me. This is Deb Crow from the Changebook Radio Show. Have a great week. <laughs>